Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode number 191. Neil, how you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. It was off today, so yeah, it's alright. Got a long, uh, was it? Mem- Labor Day? Memorial Day? I, 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 I can't too? keep them straight. Yeah, I'm off uh, Friday and Monday as well, so I got a, yeah, five like a day weekend. Five day weekend? Yeah. Wow. What a, what a lab luxury you live in, Neil. Except it was, I think I was telling you before that it's like... Uh, I'm not going to be able to retire anytime soon because I was bored shitless after about eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> so, oh, there we go. You know, you should write a novel or something. I should. I should. All right. Should. You of course could reach us at punktilidie77 at Gmail or on our Facebook group, Punktilidie Podcast or the Punktilidie Podcast group. Yes. Neil, I'm going to I'm going to start today with a brief oral history of our relationship with the Drowns. The Drowns, indeed. The Drowns, yes. Yes, they won our best album of 2020, I believe. That's right, right? that's right, they did. They did. I still, I still, when it pops up randomly on my, because at work I listen to that evil Spotify, when one of their songs pops up, I'm always stoked. Cool. But, so, a couple, when we first started doing this thing, um, well, I was I was writing a lot of reviews, right? And I got a yep. Pirates Press promo for the 7-inch that came out before the Under Tension album, and I dug it, but it was like a two-song Two song seven inch, you know, didn't think a ton about it, but it was good. Had typical nice parts press packaging and all that, you know. And then, boy, it must have been right around Christmas of of nineteen or right at the beginning of twenty. I got a promo for Under Tension. Hmm. Started listening to that record. I'm like, wow, this is the record. And I shared it with everyone I could, you know, yourself included. And I know we talked about it on the podcast quite a bit, right? Yep. And then we had BA on, and at some point. Andy, the bass player for the Drowns, reached out to me, and he was listening. And I was super stoked that a guy from a band that I knew was listening, and he was super stoked that a podcast was talking about his record. <laughs> so we've sort of had like a, a nice friendship synergy. Yeah, yeah, nice synergy there. And so like two years ago, I asked him, hey, dude, you should call the podcast. And he immediately deflected to Rev, who we had out about two years ago, right? May. I'm looking at it right now, May 13th, 2020. Low over two years ago. Okay, yep. wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then, but I still talk to Andy once in a while, and he actually seemed to have softened up to the idea of of coming on. But you and I, Neil, often are like people always say we're like an old married couple, and I think we are in a lot of ways. And sometimes that means we're really poor at communicating. <laughs> so I had been talking to Andy, and he said he said he was definitely up for it. And unbeknownst to me, you had reached out to Rev. So what this really is is a slight apology to Andy, saying Andy, I'm sure we'll have a good reason to have you on soon. Yes, but we're and- back. But we're thrilled to have the Rev back on with us for round number two. How you doing, Rev? Hey, dude, so good. That was a long intro. <laughs> that was right? that was a long intro. Yeah. And usually my intros are terrible. It's like notoriously terrible. That, I mean, maybe that one was too, but at least it was long. No, it was great. And and to be totally honest, the only reason why Andy doesn't have, uh, hasn't done your show yet is that you can't afford him. That's probably probably true. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> well, big shots. <laughs> It's amazing all the all the bad things we say about bass players that we're still friendly, but still, or no, it's drummers. <laughs> it's drummers. It's it's drummers we bag on. Yeah. So yeah, it's been over two years, and what a wacky two years, right? Yeah. It was. It That'd was re- absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was right. It was right as. Uh, it was right as COVID was starting to really lock us down. I think was when we had you yeah. on. Just you know. It was funny because that's kind of allowed us to flourish because everybody was sort of like nobody could do anything. Like oh, we'll just go talk to these knuckleheads. So we were able to get like a really high caliber of guests. <laughs> you know, cool. everybody asked me about under tension, and especially uh, like as of late, you know, people are talking about like. Uh, under tension coming up it just came up for like you know and uh like more people are talking about it because the album we're just playing the material now is what I'm oh yeah do. yeah for the first time you know what i, I mean like we're still kind of touring on it which is weird um and it's crazy because so many people 
and these last few tours we've done have come up to me and been like that record helped me through a ton because it was what came out right when the pandemic hit which yeah. we thought it was the worst time to ever drop an album <laughs> but it kind of yeah. became like this underground success and then also people were forced to listen to it because they couldn't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> it kind of worked to our advantage in this weird way so you started Tony, the whole pandemic then is it's yeah. my fault i absolutely started yeah. i apologize it was for their <laughs> wuhan tour well it's, it's funny right because 2021 will kind of go down in history as like we probably will know those records from 2020 or 2020 and 2021 better than like as well as their records when we were teenagers. Because now it's like, man, we all have lots of new records we love, but we don't have the time to listen to like when we were kids, right? But those years, those two years, like we had the opportunity to really get to love a few records. All that I did, all that I did was buy new albums and listen to them. That's literally like the only thing that I did during that whole time. <laughs> you yeah. know, me too. I, I mean, told my <laughs> wife, I'm like, once shows start up again, I'm sure I'll slow down with my record buying. That was an untruth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because Discogs probably saw a huge spike in people joining yeah. and, and people buying stuff, right, When in uh, during the pandemic because it was perfect, right? I mean, you yeah. couldn't go to record stores because everything was closed, and uh, but they were perfect. It was in the right place, right time. So uh, I guess I should have yeah. put my 401k stock into Discogs, Neil, because yes. maybe then I wouldn't be absolutely getting crushed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull all your money out the stock market, put it in a case under your bed, I think. That's exactly. Like, yeah. So, hey, so you guys just got back from a tour of Europe, and obviously social media can be a little deceptive, but it looks like it was awesome. Was it, was it, was it, was it awesome? One of the greatest tours I've ever been on in my life, hands down. Hmm. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And it wasn't, we didn't at all expect, you know, I, I feel like, I've said to a few people, you know, uh, like in Seattle after the tour about like, oh, you know, we went over there and it was crazy. We're drastically like bigger over there and more received over there than we have been here. And everybody kind of blows it off and goes like, oh, yeah, well, that's how everybody is in Europe. But it honestly is like night and day. Like it was was such a mind blowing situation for us. That's not how everybody is in Europe because I see European tours getting canceled left and right and as much as a lot of bands want to put a spin out of it, a lot is because they're just not selling, I think, like they thought they would. Yeah, un- Under Tension, same thing. Under Tension, it, it did its work over there. And, like, we played a lot of material, but everything we played off of that song, everybody knew every single word in every city we were in, which was fucking crazy. So you, so you guys are, I don't know how many years into the band right now, where we go see you in you know, Luxembourg, Germany, or wherever you're playing, what's the breakdown of, like, mixture of songs? I'm sure you played some new ones. I'm sure you played some from the first album. Is it is it 70% from Under Tension, or is it, I mean, what's the, I mean, just rough, you know, if you had to guess. Well, these days, our sets are about an hour. At least in Europe, it was like an hour or two, a little over that. So we try to break it up into thirds, and by thirds, I mean uh under tension new material and then that last part being a couple old hits and then you know a cover or something we want to play like specifically for us so gotcha Hmm. so where did you all go this last time oh man uh all over germany we went to we played in paris we played in switzerland uh we played rebellion we played in the uk we played uh belgium uh, I, th- I think that was all of them this time around. Yeah, you, a lot of do, shows. Terrific. When you do Rebellion, you guys play like the new band stage, or do you play like the main stage, or where you guys play? So we played the last slot on I think Saturday night, the the first time we played there, which was like 2018 maybe, um, on the new stage, and then we played in the Pavilion on this one. Wow. Okay. 
Well, we've never we've never been. We've been talking about it for years, and maybe we'll get over there someday. But we've actually never been either of us. It's mean, my favorite. I've been to Blackpool uh, before. <laughs> What a shitty dive Blackpool is. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been to Rebellion. But I want to get into that in more, in more detail a, a bit later on. So um, should we play a song? Well, I'll tell you what. Let me, let me ask one more, one more thing before we play a song. Because you guys are actually going back to Europe in like a month or two, right? Yeah, we're, we're headed right back in November. So where are you playing that time around? Same, same places? Or are you hitting different, different areas? Or? Uh, a little more in the UK. Going to go back to Belgium. Uh, we're more in Germany. And we're there's a couple that aren't confirmed yet, but yeah, we're probably going to hit a couple other outside countries we didn't hit on this last run. I have to say, I'm a pretty offended that you're playing Europe twice before you play the Midwest. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know Chicago, what? right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I was going to save it till later, Neil, but there, I can't say anything, but I'll be seeing you soon. Oh, right, well, I'll tell you excellent. what, you can tell us when we're done recording. You can tell us we're we're like a right, cool. As we long, never, as, hold on. As long as it's not Riot Fest, uh, no, you'd be fine. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, they're direct support for the Misfits on the yeah. big stage outside. 60,000 people. We're just uh, backing Danzig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the you new could, Misfits. You your, I don't know if you could pull off the devil lock. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have just, enough air. Just slam a wig on that thing, yeah. Maybe you could comb it up from your chest or something. All right, I'll tell you what. What's, so... Neil said you picked out some interesting songs. So, what uh, what song do you want to spin first? Um, well, I I chose a song from the new record, and Neil told me it was terrible. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Neil chose Lunatics. So, why don't we play that first? There we go. Title no, track. no, no, that's track. no, that's not true. <laughs> but 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 to, but to be honest, it's okay because we've played Live Like You're Dying on the show numerous times before. Well, we played at least well, once when it just came it, out. Fellas, yeah. We played at least yeah. where it came out. So, all right. So, this is this is Andy singing, actually, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. It is. So, this Lunatics. Great song. Yep. Drowns Lunatics. Clean 
All right, that was The Drowns there with Lunatics, uh, which is the second track off their new EP, newish EP. I guess it came out like a month ago, I think, something like that, right? Uh, longer than that. Oh, was it? Been okay. The spring? Uh, yeah, it was the springtime. Okay. okay. Time flies, Time flies, old man. I get it. Well, yeah. indeed, it does. So, all right, but this is this is the point where Andy might be glad he's not here. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, he's where he trashes Andy's songs. No, no, not, not at all. <laughs> not. It's all over him. <laughs> <Yeah>. But it's... <laughs> But it's interesting, right? So, so you do the album under tension. Literally, it it really did strike core with a lot of people. Just just a tremendous. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like you're selling like Britney Spears, but this was an album that people loved, man. This was a, a an album that really had an impact on people. So, how do you follow that up? Yeah, it's a great question. So you follow that up. Well, I'm, I'm t- I'll give you the answer. <laughs> he's gonna tell. He's gonna tell you what the answer is. So you did the you did the single, which gave a real strong indication of where you're going, but I'm like, oh, this is probably just like a one-off thing, right? This really kind of pub rocky, rock and roll kind of thing. And then the EP drops, the Lunatics, and it's a fairly radical departure. I mean, it still sounds like you guys, but it's a pretty radical departure from the last album, which was pretty universally beloved. So what, what's the... Tell us how that works, or how the process was going, or how you guys all happen to be on the same page, or I, I don't know. Just, just thought, fire away, bro, fire away. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the honesty on that. Uh, I, I know where you guys are coming from, and Andy actually had said to me that you guys had talked about this same subject on the podcast. Oh, yes. um, damn it! <laughs> well, and he had mentioned it's, it's that not like, to me. It's not like so we said. Fucking it's prepared. not like we said we didn't like it. It's just so different. It's, it's so just, different. Yeah, it's not what it was, you know. And we loved the last one so much. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So no. So I'll like full disclosure. We were gonna write music that we enjoy. Number one, like and right I, out of the gate. I, I totally and get so, that, and I figured that was probably kind of the and case. That's yeah. literally all that it is. It's that all of us are big, like rock and roll fans, and I like you said like pub rock, but a lot of that like post glam rock and roll or like gr- glam crossover from the UK and like you know the seventies and eighties. Sure. Um, and it obviously creeped in a lot to our writing, but to be totally honest, too, we sat at home like we were talking about earlier and listened to rock and roll records nonstop. And if you listen to View from the Bottom, our first record, a couple of those songs are just straight up like Buddy Holly songs. They're like <laughs> 50s rock and roll songs just sped up. And so I think we just let that take the lead a little bit more in making those new songs. But I wish I had a more educated answer because literally what it comes down to is the songs we wrote for Lunatics were so much fun to play. And that's that's why they, they made it on there. And I suspect you're over in Europe. I suspect the songs go over great live, right? The new songs? They loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. It's interesting because the EP to me, like I've played it actually incessantly over the last couple of days. Um, it's almost like, like if I didn't know who it was, like if I didn't know it was the Drowns or whatever, I'm and, and I was just listening to it blind. I might actually think it was a compilation or a split with like at least two or three different bands because your songs both sound the same like one and i think yours one and four and mm, I, yeah it's 50 50 right i think they each had three yeah songs. yeah and then andy has two and three so that sounds so your songs sound like one band and these two and three sound like another band and then the last two songs sound kind of like a third band. you know what i mean it's like it's so it, it is it is a very even in itself it's a very it's a very very dp 
it's it's interesting. It's super interesting, you know, in that. But you know, oh, I mean, and, do you see where I'm coming from on that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I get. I mean, I get what you guys were saying. I'm a record nerd myself. You know, like I know exactly what you're saying. I will say, to some of we actually haven't got much, like barely any negative comments about the record. Like people seem to be stoked on it, and especially like over in Europe, that was it was like they loved those new singles which is really cool um i think we also subconsciously take a bit of a fight against having every record sound the same and maybe too maybe too literally but we do have a little bit of that like we talk about that about how like yeah the ramones are great but every single ramones record sounds like the ramones you know and that's cool but you know every single band has to take a chance evolving and the chance they're taking is that Maybe someone's gonna shit on them. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm not shitting on it. All I'm saying yeah, is it sounded say, like don't get, yeah. don't get us wrong. Yeah, it just, it's, it just sounded like two different good bands. Rock and roll so. record. It's just not as much what I was style wise. What I'm into, you know what I mean? It's I'm not, I'm not. I really don't have anything negative to say about the record. I think it's a great rock and roll record. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I know exactly different. where you guys are coming from. It's just yeah. What's crazy is that with the. It's like I have friends bands in this area who I love to death, but they've been making the same record for like five yeah. years. And that's yeah. why nobody listens to like them outside of our, like where I'm from, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm I mean, not going to name names or anything, but it's like, you know, it, a band has to evolve. And our evolution was like, okay, well, we're having a whole lot of fun playing more mid-tempo and more rock and roll stuff. Yeah. And then with this record, this EP, it was actually supposed to be a full length and we cut it into an EP and we put some of those songs uh, on reserve for stuff later. So the EP also was not intended to just be those songs specifically. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you were going to ask about that, Tom, right? Because it's, I am. It's, that's you know yeah. what I want to say. I want to say that track for a little. That question track for a little later. Um, so well, the interesting is too. It's it's weird to me. You guys were all on the same page, right? I mean, it was. It's. I mean, it's a natural evolution. You guys are all on the same page, and it's one of those things too. Rock and roll is not, I mean, the kids don't listen to rock and roll. It's not like you, I understand that you totally did it because that's what you wanted to do. It's not like you're selling out for radio or something. There's no rock radio. You know what I mean? You're, you're doing what you want to do. I totally get that. I have nothing, nothing but respect. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking too because I would ask the exact same question to me. So, <laughs> so well, and like I said, were, I mean, were you guys all, did you all just kind of reach that same point, you know, just naturally, just together but alone? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, a lot of what we do spawns from conversations in the van, too, because we tour so much. Sure. So, you know, it also, you figure the records we all collectively put on over and over again to listen to, you know, they started evolving from... Seeping in. Yeah, evolving from, you know, what we first started putting on all the time to, like, slowly moving into different bands that we all really... You know, felt comfortable enough enjoying together. I guess is a way to put it. But let's gotcha. t- let's talk about that a second. So, I mean, you, you've mentioned that a couple times. So, what stuff are you listening to? Is it like Slade and stuff? Is it some of the obvious stuff, or is it something different? Yeah, there is a lot of that. A lot of Slade. We, I mean, we all love like you know the New York Dolls. Mm-hmm. We all mm-hmm. love ACDC, which obviously you can tell. She's the knife. The song I wrote about my wife on Lunatics is literally just I was me attempting if, oh, to write an ACDC song yeah, about I'll, my wife. I was I was wondering if that was about your wife. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, um, yeah. She actually, uh, real quick on that song. So she came home. She's a nurse and she works these like long ass shifts. And we used to live in an apartment in downtown Seattle that was like kind of in a rough neighborhood. And she came home in the middle of the night. And was just trying, like, after a 12-hour shift of, you know, 
being a fucking nurse, which is hard enough as it is, was just trying to walk to the apartment. Uh, and some guy was like cat calling her and huh. kind of and followed her through the apartment from her car to the front door. And she had like texted me, like, come downstairs. And I came downstairs and he took off. But that that idea alone, like that thought mm. immediately sent me on this path of like, That's it's insane. Cute. It's mm. insane how much bullshit yeah. women have to put up with that men like us will never understand. Yeah, and so I tried to. I tried, well, I get catcalled all the time, so you know. <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I get that. You know, just just that the concept of someone not being able to walk alone at yeah, night blows agreed. my mind. Agreed. Let alone like an entire, an entire you know, half of the planet. You know, it's crazy. But so I yeah, so I wrote that song, and and ACDC is my wife's favorite band, so I angled it that. Was oh, that right? No kidding. Is that on the playlist, Neil? Is that our playlist for tonight? It is not. Well, why don't we throw that on the playlist? We'll I'll tell you what. We'll, I'll tell you what. Why don't we use that as the ending song? How's that? Sounds good. Oh, we can. Oh, oh, we can. Well, why don't we? we no, can let's play one of the other ones. It's, a, it's on people's minds. All right. Let's play. Yeah, that some wacky shit in there, so you guys can play whatever you want. Yeah. You don't, exactly. We do whatever you don't mind. You don't mind, Rev. Do you? Well, we can, we can probably get to it. while. it's fine. Why don't you talk it up, Rev, and introduce the song? Well, he already did, dude. No, I'm saying, in, in, just <laughs> introduce it. This is the drowns with blah. You know. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Here's my here's my radio voice. Ready? Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> here's Rev from the Drowns, and you're listening to She's the Knife. Very good. Who the hell are you? Who you think you're catcalling? Come here, tough guy. She's gonna teach you a fucking lesson. Your mama teach you to talk to girls like that. Wait, 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 wait. 
the drowns there, which, that was which, good, which, which used the knife. Yeah, like the midnight to three shift. Yeah, it was. It was excellent. It was, <laughs> shit, he's gonna he's gonna push the shame. Damn, that's excellent <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna that's st- good. I'm gonna start the punk till we live like we're dying podcast. There you <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's funny because I asked you before we started whether you smoked, and you said you didn't. And man, you got the you got, and I know you don't don't drink whiskey, so you got the you just got some set of pipes on you, man. Uh, yeah, it's you know what it, it's actually. I love my voice, and I never wanted to sing, but I, I've gotten used to it these days. It's still tough, like when you're trying to order through a drive-through because it sounds like the speaker's broken. Yeah, so the person <laughs> on the other side is always like, "One more time," and I'm like, "God damn it!" <laughs> well, how does how does it sound after you've been playing a gig for an hour? Is it is it completely shredded after you've the after same you've dude? It already sounds like it's shredded when he starts the gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it, it's the same, but I, I still get asked. Like you know, I, I still get asked after a show. People will be like. You know, oh, your throat isn't okay, and I'm like, no, I just literally just sound like this all the time. I'm totally fine. I take <laughs> it is care, funny, I take Neil, right? Because if you were how it sounds, I take like, care of it. If we tried talking like that, we'd lose our voice in like a half hour. Yeah, I don't think I could. I don't think I could actually. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So I, I'm assuming you guys don't live in the same apartment building anymore. No, we don't. No, we moved, and we we got a, a house in the yard now, and uh, like a big patio, a big view of Seattle, and we got a, a yard so my wife could get a new dog. So we have a huge dog now. See, they're, they're living that they're living that Pirates Press best life. See that? There you go. Yeah, there you it's, go. A, it's all it's all that uh, under tension money. So it, it, it's <laughs> right funny. that under tension money. <laughs> it's funny. I won't. I don't know if this is on the playlist either, but the it's funny because you know your the voice really works even on the you got that kind of I don't know if you want to call it a ballad or not, but you got that acoustic mostly acoustic song on the record, and it really works with that. I think. I mean, it, you know, as, as raspy as your voice is, don't you think, Neil? I, I think that's it's an interesting song. It's different than anything they've done. I think are it works. Personally, are you, are you sucking up, Tom? A little, <laughs> but no, I just I think it's I think it works pretty good. I think it's you know it's like yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get this on Rev again because we argued about it the last time. Yeah, it sounds too much like Billy Bragg for me. So there you oh, go. I <laughs> saw that coming. He loves Billy Bragg. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be totally honest, Neil. This is a true story. I was trying to figure out how I could meet him at Rebellion to try to get him to sign an autograph to send it to you, <laughs> but I, I but they wouldn't let me near the guy. So. <laughs> yeah, see, see, there you go. The man of the people. He wouldn't see, let the see, security wouldn't let you near him. Yeah, I was going to there say, go. there's your punk festival, Neil. When some of the bands aren't allowed anywhere near the other bands. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. He doesn't. He meanwhile, doesn't. Like, he, he doesn't want to talk to the little people. Meanwhile, like Charlie Harper's. <laughs> meanwhile, Charlie Harper's walking around watching like the, you know, the kids yeah. play. You yeah, know, he, he's on people's shoulders and stuff. Find his, find his ivory no, I actually, I think, I think during Billy Bragg's set. I was going to go down there, but then I heard that Tom Robinson was doing like an interview, like an open live interview, and I went up hmm. and watched that during that time. Oh, yeah. No, that's very in- okay. So Tom Robinson, very interesting, because okay, Tom, I mean, you know, you know who that is, right, Tom? I know, he, I know yeah. the one, two, three, four motorway song, and that is it, man. Well, he was very famously. I mean, he wrote a songs, a lot of songs about being gay. I mean, he said yeah, I'm glad yeah, to be yeah. gay. So, yeah. and uh, you know that Jesus Christ in the late seventies, that was outrageous, That's right? Fairly very brave, ballsy, right? very ballsy. Yeah. But now, I believe, didn't he? Isn't he married to a woman? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's I'm what I. Sure. I mean, that's what I heard. I mean, I guess that happens. I'm just saying it was odd because he was the most outspoken, outspokenly gay person we knew in England at the time, <laughs> and and uh, you know, and then. Then I, hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not, but I swear I heard that somewhere. I swear there's a anyway. point there somewhere, but, <laughs> but I, I love his music. And there was a, it was. I went up there to watch that talk, and it was. I'm really glad that I did. I'm also a big Elton John fan. 
And um, he was telling stories about writing music with Elton John in the 80s. And now, we, was, now, we really? have to, now we have to fight because... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I just I just it. saw I just saw a review Elton John did for some reason Elton John was doing reviews in the late 70s for the NME or something and I saw uh, a, I saw a review he did for the first generation X single and it makes me want to smash his face in. <laughs> so there you go Neil supports one gay artist but not another it's, it's a mixed bag thanks Tom yes. <laughs> for, for, for putting that in uh, context so, <laughs> just so, don't slag generation X that's all I gotta say yeah so you, um, so you put up, oh, my son getting ice constantly with the ice. <laughs> Damn kids. <laughs> Fancy new fridge. Um, the, uh, so, so you put six songs on the EP, the 12 inch. Yeah. Now it, and I, I, and I don't know if this is a marketing strategy or what, but Pirates Press has put out so many 12 inch EPs this year. Is that something that they're pushing for or the artists doing that what's the what's the deal with the huge year for 12 inch eps do you have any insight no i think it's a combination of both um it was definitely their suggestion for our ep but i can't speak to whether it was anybody else's but for i think it is a combination of both it's a little bit easier on the pocketbook both recording and putting it out because technically it costs more money in the long run to do like a seven inch or a ten inch yeah so that does make sense from a financial standpoint, but I, I can't. For us, they suggested it, and we're like, sure, whatever you want to do. But, yeah, but exactly. But yes, and yes, and no. Uh, and I don't mind the twelve inch twelve inch EP at all. I mean, they're they're fun, and I like the length of you know the, what's what's the EP about twenty minutes. Your new EP about twenty. You know, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's, I think it's twenty minutes. Nice, nice runtime, you know, but. Um, it's just interesting because, like, Bishop's Green, for example, and I know you don't have any insight into Bishop's Green, probably, but they put out two 12 inch EPs this year that combined probably would have been like a really excellent LP. I just, I just, it's just interesting. Well, and so did Marshall Susie Moon, cool. right? I mean, Susie Moon's done two, two 12 inch EPs. Well, she's got Express. the new LP coming out, too. Yeah, she does later on, but I'm just saying she did two 12 inch EPs. Yeah. So, so you did, so you, I know you've recorded at least eight songs because you did the single first with the Slade cover and then you had original on the back of it, and then you did the six songs. How many songs did you guys end up recording this last session? Uh, 12 or 13. Oh, so you do have some stuff. So are we going to see some more stuff from you this year or next year? Or? Uh, nothing's announced yet, but yeah, probably. <laughs> we talking about splits, EPs, what are we talking about? Um, I can't say anything right now. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> He doesn't want to lose that patio view, Neil. Can't yeah, exactly. I can't blame him. You know, can't give out the big uh, record company seat. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering about that, like I said, because I just I get a lot of the Pirates Press stuff, and I just I just man, like like Booze of Glory and Susie Moon and Bishop's Green, just a lot of like I said, a lot of twelve inch, and the price point mm -hmm. is a little better on it. They're like fifteen bucks or something, right? It's not not a terrible. Right, not a terrible price. Well, then but, I have uh, to say, Pirates Press always do such a fantastic job with the do. packaging and with the vinyl. The vinyl always looks gorgeous and it sounds yep. great. So Pirates Press is is a one in my book. So, so how about the cover for the new EP? What's give? How about some insight onto that? Uh, that was a lot of back and forth between me and an artist uh, named Zach Kaplan, and so I kind of told him what I was going for and the vibe that I was going for, which was very like. I don't know, I just threw kind of, like, keywords at him, and that's what he came up with. So, like, I, I was like, you know, it's going to be called Lunatics. I want to angle towards, you know, what's currently going on with crazy people in the country. Mm -hmm. And, like, when we were having that conversation, that was when QAnon first showed up and blew up. So, 
for us, it was also like angling a little bit of that towards that, but, but more, I mean, nothing specific. It was like, he found, like he started working on that and found the concept on his own and ran it by me. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Hmm. Yeah, it certainly works. It's it looks kind of early, like mid seventies, maybe. You know what it gave American. You know what vibes it gave me, Neil? What's that? It gave me a little bit of like the MC Five vibe. Yeah, that, always, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, they yeah. always like use the American flag imagery, but you yep. know they didn't not in like a patriotic way, just always sort of as an imagery way. So, now, I'm I'm a huge MC Five fan, and that was one of the keywords that I gave him. Was, I was is that like, right? I want it. Oh, that's. I was cool. like, I want it to look like the MC Five. Yeah, that's totally. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it works. And, he yeah. and he didn't put any machine guns on the cover, Neil. <laughs> I think MC5. I think machine guns. But well, maybe subliminally they're on there, Tom. Maybe they're just in the background. Well, it's Detroit, right? Yeah, it's the it's the it's the Detroit connection. Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you have any any other questions about the twelve inch thing, Tom? Or are you done with that one? I don't know. You know, what? I had a, I I didn't write anything down as usual. I'm just freewheeling. So okay. No, no. You want you want to move on? Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. I'm just, I'll come back. I, I I just wanted to go on the COVID thing a bit because, like I said, we last time we talked to you was May. Do you want to do a song before we go on the COVID thing, or no, do you want to go on the? Well, I don't think so. No, it's, I mean it's going to be pretty quick. I think. Um, okay. But uh, is the whole band in Seattle? Like, are you guys all local? Because we've talked to a lot of bands recently where people moved during COVID, and so they'll have one guy in I don't know Portland and another guy in California still. So, is the whole band still in uh, still in Seattle? Yeah, we are. Uh, just after COVID. Uh, like as it was starting to slow down a little bit, Jake Jake moved. So Jake used to our drummer used to live in Los Angeles, but now everybody. Yes, I, I thought I remember you had a drummer in California. Okay, okay, that's cool. And then and so how did COVID hit you guys? I mean, did you uh, record a lot of stuff like sending MP3s back and forth, or were you able to get out and practice and stuff? Yeah, that, that's how we wrote all of Lunatics and all of like those songs in that recording session was like all just writing in the house and demoing and then andy and i mostly sending uh songs back and forth like from garage band or whatever just recording little demos on our computers hmm. interesting so how do the drums work on a case like that so we for, i mean for us what we did was just program a very basic drum beat like ourselves mm -hmm. into whatever track we we're writing to kind of give jake an idea and then jake had an electric kit that ah, okay. was really nice that he could then play along to. So, and that's how we demoed everything. Interesting. Did you get together to record? Kind of more traditionally. Uh, we, we, we did. Once once things started opening back up, that's when we went to L.A. and recorded. L.A. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what we did under attention too with the same producer. Oh, that's right. The guy who did he's he's done a bunch of like bigger big acts, right? Totally. Yeah. Ted Hunt. Ted Hunt. That's right. All right, now we'll play a song. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, do you want to? Okay, which of the? Because uh, interestingly enough, I asked I asked the Rev today what what songs he wanted to play, and I figured he'd just play old Drowned stuff off the new EP or whatever. But he actually picked a couple of Drowned songs, but then he picked a bunch of other stuff too. So, of the other bands that you wanted to, that you wanted to listen to, what should we uh, what should we play next? Do you think? So uh, let's do uh, the process by Get Dead. Okay. So well, we did some. We did a, uh, a good amount of those shows in uh, Germany and like Switzerland with Get Dead, and they're old friends of mine. I've known those guys for like fifteen years, and uh, yeah, and this is just my favorite song that they do. Okay, so this is the uh, song called "The Process" by Get Dead. Yes, sir. 
dark Honestly, I don't know, can't let push Honestly, I don't think there's more about that than you Well, that's your truth Where do we go when the whiskey's gone? process there by by get dead those guys are those guys are la uh no they're like uh san francisco bay area oh san francisco okay one you know they're one of those bands that neither i think neil or i really gets but man we know a lot of people who love that band so maybe one day it'll click you know i i first back in the day they would come play seattle all the time because they were friends with a band from here called the hollow points Mm-hmm. Um, that were like in the, in the Seattle punk rock scene of guys my age, like the Hollow Points are like legendary. They were they were on uh, Disaster Records back. I know in the, day. the name, yeah. I say I know the name, but I don't. They know they toured with the business uh, across the U.S. Like they were they were the first band to really show all of us that you could go do something, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, they're really 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 great band. Their last record actually, unfortunately, came out right as they were breaking up. But it's called Rocket to Rainier. really really fucking good but they're also just great guys but so they were friends with get dead and they were the first guys to really start bringing get dead up here at least from my understanding and then get dead just did that same tour circuit for years and years and like uh i know they they, the hollow points and get dead had the same agents in europe who we also have the same agents now um so they just through that family i knew those guys and just stayed in contact over the years they got signed to fat and kept putting out records and uh in my opinion the records are getting better and better and uh we just played with them in in europe and it was kind of crazy to like sit back with those guys and be like well this is nuts that we met like 15 years ago and now we're over here playing or, or that you live you know hours drive apart and you're on the other side of the world to play each other. Yeah, yeah absolutely it's crazy <laughs> so, so no go ahead neil sorry the european okay so the european tour um you were there for what like three weeks or something uh, I think it was roughly four weeks. Yeah. Four weeks, okay. So, I mean, were you touring with somebody most of the time, or were you headlining, or how did, how did that work? Uh, it was a combination of all of it. So there was a lot of festivals that obviously, you know, it's like whatever your slot is that day. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, yeah, gotcha. But then we did some headlining shows, and then we did some shows with uh, Get Dead and The Last Gang. Wow, The Last Gang have been busy, man, because I've seen them about three times this year. 
and uh they're yeah they've been out on tour for forever it seems like me and andy's old band success played with an earlier version of that band was just brenna and i think like three different guys Mm -hmm. in tacoma in like 2007 or something like that it's crazy Hmm. interesting so because i know yeah i know because obviously you played rebellion and then you played another festival do you you remember tom the one that richard went to he went to a festival somewhere in somewhere in europe Oh, was it something Skyline Calling or something? No, something? no, it was it was over in like I can't remember if it was. Oh, in, Brack Rock. Yeah, Brack Rock. Yeah. Oh, in Belgium. Yeah, you played that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I think a camper, you know, that's camping. That's fest. right, that weird camping one he went on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think he got a picture of you guys, and it was almost like he was on the stage with you. So was the stage super small or something like that one? So we were we were on a side stage for ah, that, and gotcha. it, it packed out super hard. And afterwards, the guys who worked there were like, "This is the biggest crowd we've had here, <laughs> like on the side stage." And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was fucking fun as hell. And it was weird because it was set in the woods, like deep in the woods. Like you had to like walk trails to get there. Huh. Oh my gosh, then, like, we're out. There was right a now. castle. There was a castle with a moat in the middle of the festival. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean that sounds cool. It's the camping and walking. Yes. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Well, yeah, you lost me at camping, basically. Uh, I mean, but if there's a hotel, I'd I'd have been there. Yeah, I've never been to Belgium. Maybe they let you stay in the maybe they let you stay in the dungeon of the castle, Neil. <laughs> Prefer that to a tent. Thank you very much. Or lock you in the tower like the fair maiden. <laughs> okay, what's whatever you say, Tom. So, <laughs> so did you feel like the were the crowds were the crowds there in Europe? The crowds back. What was that? you feel like the crowds are back in Europe? Are the crowds there again? Oh, I mean, I don't have a reference point to if they if they weren't per se, but I mean, they were. There was tons of people going out. Nobody wearing masks and nobody afraid. Like it was, yeah. They were they were fucking stoked, and it was it, like I said, it was packed out. So mm. I'm assuming that means that yeah. <laughs> was that the first? Was that the first time you you had been to Europe to tour? So yeah, I had never been on a full tour. I had done flyouts for festivals like Rebellion. Okay, but. In my with my old band, there were four different or three different tours that had got canceled, and then with the Drowns, we had that European tour in 2020 that was supposed to happen that got yeah, canceled yeah. and pushed back. Um, so yeah, that was actually my first full run to Europe. Hmm. So how we how are you getting between? It's almost like between countries, right? I mean, between shows or between countries or whatever. Did you were you taking the Eurorail or whatever it's called, or were you did you rent a van or something? No. So we, we a, a lot of bands will just rent a van and like <laughs> do it on their own. We actually have some friends who uh, in Eastern Germany in a town called Eisenhüttenstadt. <laughs> they he's a music. A, <laughs> yeah, right. They, they own a a record store and music venue uh, called Steel Town Records. And uh, they also run a service where they supply backline and have a van and supply a driver. Amazing. Okay. So, so we just went with them, and they they it's it's this couple, uh, uh, Maria and Thomas, that are like the sweetest people in the world, and they just handled everything for us. It was amazing. So you fly over the guitars and exactly. There you go. You, you, well, you fly over with your guitar, and you hope your guitar makes it, and then you go to her. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, good. that's so great, though, man, that you had someone driving you and stuff, because I can imagine some of those on the Autobahn would be kind of tricky. I think that's pretty common, Neil. There's, like, people who make a living just, like, being professional drivers of, like, bands in Europe. Like, oh, that's sweet. Sweet. It's really, really common, actually. It's a huge industry. Hmm. So... So, by comparison, so you've done a bunch of, of West Coast shows. Have you done the East Coast, or have you just done the West Coast since you've been touring again? With the Drowns, uh, we, we just did a flyout. 
So we did a fly out to the East Coast, I don't know, like over a year ago. Oh, is it over a year ago now? Okay. I, th- I think so. I'm a, I have a bad uh, reference of time, but yeah, it, uh, we flew out and just did like, I don't know, four or five shows on the East Coast. New York, Boston or whatever, just the big, kind of hit the big ones. Exactly, yeah. So, so, but you've done quite a bit of West Coast touring. So I, I, I must say the Midwest, it seems to me, and I think Niels would agree with this, the shows just, it seems like people aren't back yet. Like a lot of, it just doesn't seem like the whole crowd's reading. How's, how's the West Coast? Has that been pretty good? Or is it, do you feel like it's just not quite what it was five years ago? I feel like it's almost there. Yeah, it, yeah I mean, that's they, good. They've been good enough to keep going, you know? It, yeah. It does feel like it's still getting there. But, you know, one thing to think about, about the Midwest specifically is that if you're talking about bands coming from either coast to the Midwest, it's also... Everyone in the industry, labels, agents, bands, everyone's gun-shy still. So if it's not like a guaranteed thing, because all of us lost so much money over the last two years, yeah. a lot of people aren't going. And so there's a higher risk going from like here to the Midwest right now, because if a couple shows cancel, that's a lot of gas mm-hmm. yeah. with not many places to play in between. So yeah. from a logistic standpoint, like I fucking love the Midwest, especially Chicago. That's one of my favorite cities in the world. Chicago, Detroit, great rock and roll towns, Cleveland. I mean, there's a lot of them really. I have a lot of, a lot of great markets relatively Absolutely. close. If once you get over here, there's like a bunch, you know, that's yeah, that's what it is. It's like, you got to figure a lot of places are canceling. Like, there's even, like, you know, there's venues or tours that will cancel if there's not enough pre-sale right now. Usually that's for way bigger shows. Wow. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that's a, that's a thing that's happening. And so everyone's afraid to take a risk. So if it doesn't feel like a sure bet, then no one's doing it. So that's probably why it feels kind of mellow right now over there. Guess we better hurry up and buy those tickets to any shows we're on the well, fence uh, for right now, it's, you know? It's really, pre-sale the fuck out of them. Dude, it's really yeah. funny you say that because I actually saw, I think it was a it was a uh, thing from Slop, Slop, Sloppy Seconds today on Facebook where they said exactly that. I think they oh, said that they Georgia were, show that yeah Georgia yeah the Georgia show, show yeah, yeah. yeah Atlanta they said yeah whatever you do buy presale because it made it sound like exactly that like if the presale didn't go they weren't going to play yeah it was so. a weird looking show it looked like fun it was a pool party or something down in Atlanta yeah so oh, that's but, awesome. uh, I love it, those guys interesting yeah. stuff yeah me well, too they're doing they're doing an interesting run this year they're kind of starting in like the lower Midwest and then they're going down to Tejas and I think mostly Texas so nice. I'm sure I'll surprise him at some show. We're working, <laughs> we're working on it still. We just had another knee replaced. Didn't, didn't he have his other knee replaced? Yeah, he's got both knees replaced. He's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be like David Lee Roth out there, like a no. young David Lee Roth. He's gonna be a six million dollar man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think I think all goes well. We'll be we'll be joined by the great BA here again in a real shortly. So cool. Yeah. Anyway, so so who'd you tour with on the West Coast? Who you been? I mean, you've been doing a bunch of runs, like just like kind of mini runs a week or so. Yeah, well, we were doing, yeah, we did like a short run. I think it was like 10 days or something. And we're about to go out with, uh, in the beginning of October with Booze and Glory. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're English. Yeah, they're English, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, so they're, they're kind of spread out all over. Actually, yeah. the it's like Italian and Polish. Yeah, and Polish. Like, yeah, Polish based in London. Wow. Yeah, I think the main guy's, yeah, Polish, but he lives in London, oh, okay. I think. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, like a couple of them live in uh, Berlin now too. Hmm. That's another band. When I love them when they play their punk songs. I'm not a huge fan of the reggae stuff. Oh the yeah, stuff, do they play? Any, do they play much of it live? I haven't seen them in a while. I, I I have never seen them actually. So I'll be curious. But that'd be cool. That'd be a cool tour. I see a lot of uh, a lot of like Euro bands are finally starting to make it back over and hitting the West Coast. So that'd be cool. 
yeah they're they're great guys i'm super excited to do those shows with them and it'll be fun like i've done the I mean, shit, I've been doing this since I was 17, so I've toured the West Coast hundreds and hundreds of times. So the only thing that really, like, really spices it up for me is when I get to show friends who haven't been here. Like, oh, that's cool. The tour route, so I'm excited for that, man. So you say you've been doing this since 17. Are you, you're, you're not 40 yet, are you? You're still in your 30s? Uh, you're I, I will be I'll be 40 in, like, a year and a half. Okay, so you're getting there. You're st- he's a young pup, Neil. He can yeah, be there son. he is, youngster. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Why don't we, why don't we stick another song in? Okay, well, we were talking about The Last Gang, so should we play that Last Gang song? Yeah, Shameless. That's off their new record. It's good as hell. Okay, cool. All right, this is The Last Gang with Shameless. Entitled and shameless. Double down your mistakes. I know I can't wait to see you fail. Entitled and shameless. Digging a grave so deep. I know I can't. Wait to see you fail Can you call a mother wind Pull your horn until they bend Can't back down Even when your ignorance trend To no end Ticking down the clock Ticking down the block The pedestal on your gallows Looking unsteady We're more than ready Ship is sinking down Rides abandoned ground Mutiny style No empathy to die Entitled and shameless Double down your mistakes I know I can't wait to see you fail Entitled and shameless Digging a grave so deep I know I can't wait to see you fail Busting up the floor Till your heels a little more Victim on the spoils of war and we're dead, all dead Pushing your delusion so you're never losing face We the people are the ones who end up paying We're done paying Ship is sinking down, wrapped up in the crown Mutiny style, no empathy to tell the last gang there with shameless and like i say they toured with teenage bottle rocket was it last year or was it earlier this year i don't know it feels like i've seen them like three times or something in the last nine months or something just they're always warming up for, for somebody gotta get out there gotta get out there and great put the work people. in yeah really really great people super mm. super fun to play with and hang out with man really great people where are they from then 
L.A., I think. Uh, yeah, the L.A. area. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to, okay, so give us some of the spiel on Rebellion. Who, was, who, who did you see? Who were some of your favorite bands to see? And what was the whole vibe like this year? Because it had been canceled for the last two years. So this was the first one back in the end. I believe everything was super packed, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give you the full rundown. So that we played Black, uh, Brack Rock, right, in Belgium. Yep, yep. And and that night we had to get like uh, get to the hotel, sleep for like two hours, and then drive like an hour and a half to this tiny airport <laughs> in Belgium. And we had to fly literally the sketchiest flight I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> In the morning on Ryanair. Oh, Ryanair! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I have I have photos. There was, <laughs> Did you have the row? Like, the seats, like, the seats like were duct taped together. <laughs> like the seats, there was actual duct tape on the seats, and then like we posted a video. Jake went to uh, turn on his like air vent, and like above his head, and when he touched it, it just sucked into the ceiling and never came back down. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was like. And the flight was super sketchy. It was super delayed. And, like, it sucked ass. So we were just happy when it landed. But then we had to uh, we had to get a rental car to then drive from Manchester to Blackpool. Oh, my God. You, you, went, you went to Manchester Airport. Oh, the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, that's one of my and local so, airports. But that place is a fucking nightmare, too. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And, like, it took forever to get to the rental car place. And then the rental car, we rented a van, but they gave us a mid-sized suv and so we've got <laughs> and it's a and european is, mid-sized suv this is the which second is time this has happened dude. this is the yeah. second time this has happened the last time we went to rebellion jake reserved a like large suv and they gave us a car that was like it i mean if you would have told me it was like a mini i would have been like yeah it's a mini you know it was like and we're supposed to fit guitars and drums and merch in that thing so we had to figure out a larger car, and then we finally got to drive to uh, to Blackpool, and we made it there with more than enough time. But you know, all the stress was done, so it was nice that we got there. We set our merch up. We said hi to everybody. Uh, Colin from Coxbar is like one of the first people that I saw when I walked in. Oh, nice. Great. Gave him a big hug, and it, it's a big family reunion for us every time we go there. It's mm-hmm. just re- it's really great to see everybody. Um, the first band of the day that I saw was Ultra Sect, and I love that fucking band. Hmm. Not familiar. You guys know them? No, I, I don't. know. Uh, they're from the Bay Area. They're it's just really. I mean, it's just really good oi, essentially. Like they're Ooh. and they're fucking great guys. Uh, one of one of the dudes is in, uh, or two of the guys I think is in Suede Razors. Okay. Cool. But yeah, super super great band. And then we, and then honestly, I just kind of hung out and said hi to everybody for a lot of the the festival before we played. Now, did you to, did you happen to go into Churchill's? I believe in one of the one of the uh, punk groups on Facebook that we're in. Everyone talks about the pub called Churchill's. Everyone's always hanging out in there. Apparently. No, because for us, we we flew in and we got there at like three four o'clock. We played at like six, and then we had to. We stuck around for a couple bands, but then we had to just go back to our hotel and then get up five, six hours later and drive to Manchester and fly home. So oh shit! You were only there for the one day. We flew, so we we played Sunday, so we only played the last day, and we were just. Oh, there then for you that. flew home. You flew home to Seattle. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, gotcha. This is, okay. Oh, that, that was sucks. the last day of your tour. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the thing is, it was great, and I would do it again in a heartbeat for Rebellion. 
that's the in my opinion that's the best festival in the world it's at least the funnest um <laughs> and so it was it was great to do it but i uh one of the like uh one of the bands that i really wanted to see that i'd never seen before was the avengers so that was mm. cool okay yeah. yeah and they put on a really great set which is really cool yeah yeah you've seen them Neil. i've never seen them either actually yeah so much stiff little fingers about it was before COVID, so it'll be about three or four years ago now when Stiff Little Fingers. Yeah, I think we were doing there. the. I think we were doing the pods. So. Yeah, I think we were. I think I think we just started. Yeah, so it would have been so, three years ago. Yeah, we really want to go. It's funny because we are in this. Neil and I are in this geriatric punk group. I'm really too young. <laughs> geriatric. For that. I'm 49. I'm really too young for this group. But I see these pictures from Rebellion, and it really does look like they're having the most fun. But these people are so old, Ref. They're so old. <laughs> yeah, it, that's the thing too. Is like. It's the first time you go, it's mind blowing because you're meeting a lot of people and seeing a lot of people who are still, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever facet of subgenre that they're a part of, like, let's say, you know, skinheads, it's like, you're still, they're still shaving their heads and dressing the same way they did when the movement started. Right, right, you right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same with like guys with mohawks and stuff. It's like guys, my grandpa's age with fucking mohawks <laughs> who were doing it in 77, who are still like, still live that life. Which we just don't have that in the U.S. So that it, was pretty you're right. There's no equivalent of that, is there? You don't see people. You don't see people in their sixties like still doing the punk rock thing. Not very often. Yeah, well, you don't see people in their sixties or seventies like uh, you know seventies eighties like doing the Beatles haircut. Still, it's like crazy. Those guys like stuck <laughs> it, it out yeah. so long. If you do, they're probably like having a stroke or like from escape from a mental hospital or something, right? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's just. It's a. It's a complete crazy experience but also it's like an incredibly comfortable and like badass way to see a bunch of bands and it's absolutely mm. worth the money like it, it absolutely is to like, see, fly would, over see now i'm wondering i wonder if that's if they really do that if they just like pull out their doc martins once a year for rebellion or if they actually no i know i don't think so i mean subcultures there i mean a lot of them if you were into so it and, and you're for life yeah well it was especially like the mod thing or the other skinhead thing it really was a, a thing for life now the only thing that annoys me about some of the some of the old school punkers and you know and i well mad respect and i'm almost there too right i'm almost 60 but um is the fact that a lot of them won't listen to anything that came out after 1982. And that's the only thing yeah, that annoys yeah, me about the whole thing. I'm always arguing with <laughs> yeah. people about that. It's like, oh, Punk died in 79. You know, they wouldn't even give the, the bands that came out in 80 any, <laughs> any yeah. rain or anything, you know. It's like, uh, no, it's still going on. The movement's still going, and it's going but, just fine. You just have to look for it. It's not, It doesn't come to your house in the NME or in Top of the Pops these days. You have to actually go out and yeah. look for it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Well, I think remembering remembering that like taste evolves and people's taste is completely different from yours i think it's super important and so it's pretty funny when you do like for the most part all those guys that i've met have always been super cool and super supportive of us being a new band but every now and then you get that one who's like well it was better when i was 16 you know you're like ah, yeah. whatever dude like <laughs> yeah you can't talk to you like there's nothing you can do <laughs> the, the truth is we seriously consider going this year but i see my wife and i haven't been to europe so we were going to make it not go to europe necessarily but try to hit like the british isles and make it a big thing and spend a great deal of money, money of course but we were a little concerned about travel yet honestly that was what it really came down to when you're looking at that kind of an investment so maybe next year we'll see we got a lot of older english friends and stuff that i'd love to uh have a pint with before one of us you know oh for sure goes to the great gig in the sky yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you know the, the travel didn't seem that bad but you know the airports actually every airport we were in was every flight was delayed 
And it was all due to labor shortages. Yep. Yeah. And so that was that was pretty mind blowing. Every single flight was delayed specifically because of that. Um, in Belgium, at that smaller airport, they pushed all of the flights back hours. Like mm. every single flight going out that day was like at least two hours delayed, which was pretty. I, I'd never seen anything like that. You know, it was. Isn't it only like a fifteen mile walk from Belgium to Blackpool, Neil? <laughs> Europe's very small. Well, it's so the south coast of England, perhaps, but then you know Blackpool's yeah. in the north, so you know you'd have a yeah. We, we, thought, of, we thought about renting bicycles, but uh, we didn't have the time. <laughs> you gotta have to have a boat at some point too, I think. <laughs> so how how was how was how was flying out of Manchester? Because I I always I always fly into Manchester, but the last time I flew out. Um, I think like all the luggage things were broken, so you had to carry your own cases out to the out to the plane or some shit. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it wasn't quite that bad, but it's always a little weird. That yeah. airport definitely does seem a little behind the times. I mean, it's funny because it's an international airport and it's a it's a major city, but you know, you, you try and go to the bathroom and the bathroom's out of order and there's like only one. It's it's just, it's so stupid. <laughs> That's why Morrissey's so sad, Neil. That's don't why you be, don't you be so being upset about Morrissey now. Don't, don't mention his name. Yes. Yeah. Keep his name so, out of your mouth. So we, uh, should we play another song? Now, this band I'd Let's never play. heard Let's of before. Because you, you picked Cyanide Pills. I, I've never heard of these guys. Here's a funny story. That song has nothing to do with anything we just talked about. That's just a <laughs> band I recently found that I fucking love. So I wanted to play this song. All right. Well, it's we? very it's very generous of you, you know, to uh, sh- try to shine a light on some other bands instead yeah. of just playing all your own songs. So no, it's awesome. we played so we played so many drowned songs. Though. I think we probably have reached our yeah. We've played, we, played the entire catalog. The, yeah, it was preaching to the faithful at this point, right? Well, I I appreciate it, fellas. I always do. No, no, it's fine. So tell us a little bit about cyanide pills if you know anything about them. I don't know shit about them. I know they're from Leeds. <laughs> and, oh, uh, okay, cool. I know their I know their records are really fucking good, but I literally found them like two weeks ago and i haven't stopped listening to anything but them for like two weeks straight wow. did you find them when you were in england or did you just stumble how'd you how'd you hear about them uh, a friend in germany uh suggested them to me and uh, she was like i bet you really like this and it, they blew my mind i absolutely love it it's super oh, super go. good okay cool neil's neil's country for former countrymen yeah it's one of my favorite cities in england actually i love leeds um okay. uh, so let's listen to it together everybody this is cyanide pills with the song is big mistake
right, cyanide pills there with uh, with big mistake Good stuff. So, hey, I got a big more ice, Tom. What's that? No. Is that your son getting more ice? Is that what I heard? <laughs> no, I think I like accidentally like half unhooked my thing or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, all right. So I got a I got a kind of a bigger question for you. I won't get too personal because it's, oh, it's not my, it's my business. But well, you know, Res been pretty outspoken about the fact that he you haven't had a drink for over three years, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So, you know, is that is that uh, is it hard to go on tour without drinking? Is that really? I assume that was a big part of it when you were doing it originally. Once again, listen, what you do is your own business. I'm happy for you. If, you, if that's good for you, then you know, I, I certainly think I could probably take a break once in a while myself. But how has that changed the uh, being on the road? I mean, it definitely is a big change. Um, the first tour back from getting sober, and and full disclosure, without getting too you know too personal like you said i needed to stop i like had to stop drinking i've been been, you know almost or 20 years of this now like being on the road all the time and like being in bars most of the year you know i was i basically hit my party quota and uh i had to slow down so that first tour back was it it was fine but it was kind of a mind fuck because like all of a sudden you realize how much booze is involved in that part of my, of your life, you know? Yeah. Like sure. as a touring musician, it's literally everywhere. It's the thing you get for free most often. It's like, yeah. you know, a lot of people can't like, you know, I'm no big fucking rock star, but I'll watch people who like want to say something to me, like when I'm standing by the merch booth before I play or something and they can't, and then they have a few drinks and then they can say hi, you know? Oh, that's totally me right now. Yeah. <laughs> you you do more than say hi, off. though, Tom. You, like, hang all over people. I have to have seven beers to talk to Tesco V. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like I, I totally get that part. Like, I totally understand it. And so there, there are these little things that I was noticing that I have literally never noticed before from mm. stopping drinking. But one thing it also has done is it's, I fucking remember everything. Oh, for sure. So, like, yeah, this yeah. European tour, I have I can tell you conversations I had with the guys from Get Dead backstage in Luxembourg, you know, like in these places that like in Leipzig, these places where I, I would have probably been blackout drunk mm-hmm. and not remembered. But nowadays it's, uh, I don't know. I can focus on other stuff. I can like still write on the road and shit. And I'm not like, <laughs> I can still contribute to conversations in the van and I'm not like sleeping off a hangover while we're going to the next city. So, I mean, I, I, I assume that most of the other guys still partake. I mean, it's, once again, it's none of my business, and if it's if it's a private matter, but I assume you, you kind of have to go it alone, or at least partially alone? No, we got three guys who don't drink, and obviously, like, so me and two other Oh, is guys. that right? Okay. Yeah, okay. and I, so I won't go into specifics, because it's, sure, it's sure. their shit, but... Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's way easier in the drowns, and that's the thing, is like, people are always surprised about that. Um, they're always, just I think because of our music and dare I say, like, pop culture assumptions about punk rock, you know? It's like, yeah. which are understandable. Uh, well, especially with, like, your early influences where there might have been, like, a little street punk in there and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's drinking music at the end of the day, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I wrote a song called One More Pint. I was about for- to say, he yeah. has a Pisces yeah, song about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now it's One More well, Pint of Milk. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one More Pint of Root Beer. <laughs> uh, but no, man, it's it's... It's way simpler. And, you know, the crazy part about Europe, I, I know that we're all friends on social media, but you guys may have seen that post, but uh, 
Europe has no stigma like the U.S. does around non-alcoholic beer. Like, hmm. if you, in the U.S., if you walk into a random bar you're not a local at and you order a non-alcoholic beer, I would say eight times out of ten you're going to get a stink look or an attitude or they're not going to have one. Right. Yeah. And or so somebody, like, some, somebody's mumbling under, under their breath something about, oh, gay. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I think we have a Sparks in the cooler from like 1995 <laughs> if you want it. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember uh, Sparks. It, in Europe, it's everywhere. And especially in Germany, it's like if people had to drive home or had shit they had to do the next day, I would watch tons of people who are obvious drinkers just switch to non-alcoholic beer. Really? Yeah, and it was is, like a part definitely. of the fucking culture, and it made so much sense to me. So huh. I could drink NA beer literally the entire tour. It was amazing. I mean, oh. you might as well. You got those tickets, right? You got your tickets. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, Tom, these days I get them backstage, bro. There you go. It's <laughs> like our rider. We need <laughs> we need a six pack of Heineken and two cases of Heineken NA. Yeah, yeah exactly. And a couple flake bars. That's usually what. It oh, does. a flake. But, oh, give me a flake. Yes, thank you. I'll well, take the one good, of those. The good news is, well, because I was, I was thinking, oh, for all your bandmates are still drinking and you're not, I'm like, oh, he has to be the dad, too. Because, like, you'd be going <laughs> with any sense, right? Well, so our drummer, Jake, uh, he's going to he's gonna hate me for saying this, but he does have kids and he is a very dad dad, like, in general. Yeah. So, I, even if I tried, I would never be as much of the, like, fatherly ah, gotcha. guy in the band. He takes care of everybody. Just It's just, like, a part of him. <laughs> so... Well, how about your so uh, so so the same thing is that so as regard you said you can write on the road, which is nice. I mean, do you think it's changed the way you write? You think oh, you yeah. think you think your your like sober sober Rev is writing rock and roll songs and drunk Rev was writing like <laughs> punk songs? Or, I mean, oh wow, look at that! Or is it just a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> like like I have like a Doctor Jekyll. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, he gets drunk and he's a fucking monster. Guys, you need a real read a real burner to finish the album. I'm gonna drink a six pack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Producer just shows up with like a bottle of Jameson and he's like, "We need some street punk hits." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't know, dude. I, I, I've actually never thought about that. That's a really good question. Um, I've never thought about it. Uh, it, I mean, maybe it did. I, if anything, it made me sit down and think about it more. Because sure. I used to also, like, I talked to Andy about this a little while ago, but, like, drinking and writing was, like, hand in hand for me. Of course. So I was drinking while writing constantly. You know, like, even when we're in the studio and I'm doing, like, you know, if we have little changes, I was making those changes while pounding booze. So, sure. you know, it was, I don't know. That is interesting to think it's about. It's a wonder, question, right? Like as good as Ernest Hemingway and Hunter S. Thompson were, like, would they have been better if they didn't drink? Would they have not have been as good if they didn't drink? It's just, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Right? Wow, Tom, yeah, this is fucking deep, man. Yeah. I think it depends on the person. Deep I don't want to get too personal with him because the fact of the matter is, I totally respect whatever he wants oh, to sure. do. You oh, know, it's but it. But I just I was kind of curious about that. But I guess the fact that his bandmates are more or less on the same page though that definitely helps. I would think, dude. You just got a yeah. new, you just got a new song title right there, like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Drunk. It writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> Doctor Drunkle and Mister Hyde. Yeah, there you That's, go. That, oh, hey, whatever. I, I gotta say that definitely seems more B side ish. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Hey, well, it could be good. Hey, so what? What were your favorite? Um, what were some of your favorite memories or your favorite cities to play while while you were over there? Um, well, we played in Zurich, Switzerland, and that was cool. I had never been to Switzerland before, so that was cool. Um, and it was at this venue that's like a converted like bomb shelter. Hmm. 
So it was like hold on. Why crazy. would the hold on? Why would the Swiss have bomb shelters? Yes, yeah, the neutral, <laughs> neutral in every war. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. But I'll, I'll actually I'll send you guys a photo afterwards. It was crazy. Like in the room we played in, there was like a short ceiling, and it was like this. There was all these like small narrow cement hallways that you had to like walk through to get to the venue. Wow, uh, it sounds like you were in prison, but, actually. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm still drinking, and I am in prison. <laughs> yep. Uh, this whole no, this whole yeah. thing is a hungover dream. The last two three years. <laughs> no, Zurich uh, was cool. We played. Uh, I've been to Paris before a couple times, and we played in Paris, but on a boat with the Circle Jerks, and that was fucking incredible. Holy shit! Really? Huh? Yeah, it was. It was amazing. It so was, is that uh, like to get away from international waters so you can <laughs> gamble and do weird sex stuff, or what? What's the? Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. The it's just it's a it's a no man's land, really. It's lawless. <laughs> Knuckle the circle jokes no, for nothing. It's like if you if you upgrade to VIP, you can murder one non-VIP guest. And throw <laughs> one I think that's punk rock that? bowling next year. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's more like a venue that, uh, like a like a yacht and a garbage barge like shaped hmm. boats kind of had a baby. Wow. <laughs> like it's like this big barge. It was it was it, like we were playing and Jake was giggling. I looked back at him. And uh, they, we weren't swaying enough to, like, if you stood still, you could feel it. But we were watching his symbols. Like, his symbol stands would lean one way, and his symbols would start to tilt. Oh, boy. Like, just with the boat. It was pretty crazy. But it was mm. it was an amazing show, and the Circle Jerks killed it. I, I'd always wanted to see them, so it was great to finally get to see them. Mm. Yeah, memorable for sure. Yeah. Um, what else about from Zurich? What were some of the other ones that stood out? Um, well, our, our friend's venue, that one was really important was in Eisenhüttenstadt. In, in East Germany? Uh, yeah, in East Germany. It's, it's like literally right up against Poland. The, uh, the first mm. day, the first day that we, we got to that town, um, we like, we flew into Berlin and then we drove there and we hung out with them for like two days to sleep off the jet lag. And Maria, the, the wife of the house, she, the, her and Thomas both grew up there. And they love that town. It's like an old steel mill town. It's it's really incredible. And uh, mm. the, one of the first things she did was take us to this river. And on one side is Germany and on the other side is Poland. And there's a connecting bridge that the Nazis blew up from the Germany side when Russia was coming. Oh, so wow. Yeah. We got, she showed us this bridge that was like still the, the rubble and half of it is still there where the Nazis blew it up. And uh, mm. it was, it was to be honest, it was surreal. And I, yeah. I'm a, like... I'm a history nerd, so I was really excited for that. Um, mm. But also, we rounded the corner, like through the woods, to get to this where this um, river was. And right when we got there, we could see across the river, and there was a family, like a Polish family, on the other side swimming. And the dad just goes "hello" and like waves across the water. <laughs> and it was, I was just like, "Man, this is so fucking cool!" <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it was cool to play that town and because uh, they're our friends and to play their venue. They've started a venue in the middle of fucking nowhere and started a like subculture scene in the middle of nowhere, all with their hard work. So it was really important to us to play there. We played their, their festival's called the uh, Subculture Holiday. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That was that's one awesome. of my favorites. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, there you go. And then you finished the, and you finished the tour at Rebellion and then you uh, flew home from, from there. Yeah, and they're going back to do it again. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing, oh, yeah. man. That's amazing. So, uh, do, am I remembering right? Did did you say that you actually you, you worked at a bar or a restaurant or something? Yeah, that's right. You were a bartender, weren't you? Right. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was doing for a long time. Yeah, I actually don't do it anymore. But I was a uh, when I came back to it, it was pretty apparent I shouldn't do that anymore because being the sober guy at the party was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so you weren't the you weren't the fun guy anymore, huh? You weren't the, <laughs> the guy they wanted to yeah. show they wanted to cry. On. It, it was it was more like I couldn't have conversations with drunk assholes like for a long extended time <laughs> yeah. like yeah. my patience got lowered you know yeah he's yeah. like wow have you guys always been like this holy shit yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly i'm like yeah all of a sudden the blinders are off the rose-colored glasses are gone <laughs> yeah you guys are no fun actually look at that um no i, I was i was just gonna say though because whatever it is they, they must be very cool wherever you work now because you obviously getting a lot of time off to to go on tour and stuff yeah we do pretty well on the road too so you know it's it is a job like we do make money when we're out there so. gotcha okay yeah so that's that that's also good. helps support but also yeah I, I run my own business with a, a friend of mine cool he just sends his he sends his wife to work 12 hour shifts at the hospital <laughs> so he can go out and be a <laughs> yeah. rock star drinking, yeah, there you drinking, go. Any, drinking any beer what, that's across how, Europe that's how I get health insurance <laughs> yeah well, that's good to have yeah, yeah absolutely. Works. that works yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Now, did you have any 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 terrible stories about the road? Like any uh, any stomach upsets or food poisoning or any shit like that? Well, we stayed in a lot of fucking wacky hostels, so that was cool. Ooh. Like, uh, so you know, the venues would set up somewhere to stay every night, mm-hmm. and uh, we we stayed in. Uh, there was in Belgium. The show was great. The promoter was super super rad, and he put us up in this hostel that was like cool but it was in the middle of nowhere like i'm talking like 40 minutes outside of where we played into the woods and like we get really? there we haven't seen another car the whole time and then really so much woods in europe i think he found every woods in europe right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's very woody my friend <laughs> yeah. we show up and it's just like totally a scene from a horror movie yeah, it sounds like, like it yeah there's like no one around all the lights are off and we didn't see a single person who worked there the entire time we were there so we checked into the hostel on our own we went to sleep we woke up and breakfast was just prepared but no one else was around <laughs> it's fucking wholesome. So, so we just ate breakfast and then we fucking left and we never saw anyone else it was crazy Dude, and if is- anyone asked we didn't murder anyone <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I always hear that, like the European, like the venues usually will feed you, and it's just like a little different culture as far as that goes, right? They just yeah, they. Care. Well, you know the big difference is, man. They're like, they're like, thank you so much for making art and coming here, and that's the thought process. That's the very that's the first thing that they basically want to tell you and show you. Whereas in the U.S., they're like, you owe me money because not enough people showed up. Yeah, you know what yeah, I, mean? I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and like, especially not, not to our band anymore, but you know what I mean. That's like yeah. the feeling of the venue. Well, especially like in metro, big major metropolitan areas, there's just so much entertainment options. There's just so, you know, it's just we. I think we take a lot of that for granted sometimes. Even you know, I live in a second tier city, and we still take for granted like how much we have available to us, and it's no big deal for us to skip something because you know there'll be something else next week. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're just they were so just sweet and appreciative uh real quick to tell you one more hostile story uh i'm trying to remember where we i'm trying to remember what city it was but after one of the shows we go to this hostel and we open up the door and uh we walk in and it's a a bigger building there's probably like a hundred rooms and we walk in and there's just a guy only in a towel using a like um like a like a drink machine but the drink machine only has beer and he like turns around and looks at us like we're assholes for being there. <laughs> we're like, okay. 
And so then we walk down the hallway, and then there's another dude just in a towel, and he's like looking at us like we're assholes for being there. And I was like, "What is going on right now? Are we staying in a sauna? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, sauna. Yeah." So then we get into the room, and I was, and we're talking about it. And we're like, "Oh, that was a little weird. Both those guys from different rooms, like only with the towels. You know, <laughs> what a wacky country this is." And then we. I go into my room and my bed is surrounded. It's covered. Like there's mirrors everywhere. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know what it was. They so so yeah. some of Europe's finest films were made there probably. Huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, mm. you know, and I, sh- I should add, it was also a crazy fucking heat wave. So everywhere was hot and nowhere has AC. So that's, that's right. Nowhere crazy. has AC. Right. See, that's, that's, that's off-putting. See, I think I won't go to Europe until like October or something. Well, I, I'm, that's, a, I'm a sweaty that, man. Tom, that's pretty unusual. I think if you go to Rebellion, probably normally it's fucking pissing down, so, you know. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's probably raining. That's, that's raining what we like, us, us Seattle boys, you know, that's yeah. what we yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Blackpool and Manchester, yeah, it's pretty, uh, the weather's normally yeah, pretty I miserable. See, I can see a Seattle person feeling really at home in those cities, right? Like I said, the, the Morrissey area. Yeah, we're like almost the same, uh, like, uh, like, you know, uh, fucking lateral line, yeah. you know, as far as weather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what was the hotel like in Blackpool? Where did you stay? Was it close to the city? I mean, was it close to Black uh, where the venue was, or was it was it on the outskirts? We usually stay like five six minutes away from the venue. Wow! It's uh, you know you know the theme park that's there. Yeah yeah yeah. We usually stay at their hotel because it's honestly really nice. Hmm. Okay, hmm. good to know. Well, that's good yeah, to know. The thing that has to. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say it's a little off the beaten path too. So like. If we don't want to party and engage with people and just get sleep, which we had to on this one because we had a flight the next morning, it's yeah. actually really nice. So what did you fly? Was it like American or United? Uh, no, that one was... Uh, it wasn't Aer Lingus. It was... Um, no, it was... Um, oh, man, it was an Irish. Oh, probably Aer Lingus then. So did you stop oh, in Dublin? Was, yeah, it was Aer Lingus. Yeah, sorry. Did, did you stop in Dublin? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had the layover. Yeah, that's the that's the best way to do it, right? Because you clear passport control in Dublin, and then you just get off the plane in, in the states and just do your business, right? And I actually love the Dublin airport. It's yeah, a super Dublin nice airport's airport. great. I know you don't drink anymore, but goddamn, they have the best pint of Guinness in Dublin airport. Man, it is so fucking good. It's well, you so know, good. you know what blew what blew my mind the first time I went there was that when you get through security and all that, you know, that hustle is done. And you walk into their little like shopping, their like duty free kind of mm-hmm. shopping area. Yeah. The first fucking thing you see is a huge setup for Jameson and a lady pouring whiskey shots. Yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, it's like there you go. It's ridiculous. It's like wheatgrass shots at like Jamba Juice. It's just her with shots. Like, do you want do you want Jameson? Is that what you need? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I do like to sleep on the plane, so. <laughs> oh, I I can't sleep on planes, man. I'm I'm jealous of you if you can, because I just couple cannot. couple of double couple of doubles, and I sleep on a plane, my friend. <laughs> that used to be my go-to. I used to just get wasted and fall asleep on planes. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Now I just I stay up and watch terrible movies. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. All right, Neil, we better we better throw another song. All right, here's yeah. what we better do. We better throw another song in. And how many times you got left? Just one. Well, the, if we play the Avengers one, we got two. But otherwise, we got uh, we just got the Cunninghams, who I have, again another band I know nothing about. Say, we could always throw that acoustic song in at the end too. Okay, what? So let all right. Let's let's let let's let our friend choose a song. Yeah. All right. Cut- Every, everybody knows the Avengers, so we should play that Cunninghams track. Yep. Okay. So, so that band that's a band from Dresden that my friend Arnie is in. Okay. And 
Arnie is a fucking amazing guy, and that band, like, no one knows the Cunninghams, but they're incredible. They're, like, my favorite band in East Germany, mm. and they're just, just fucking great. It's like street punk rock and roll stuff. It's super, super good, and they're super rad dudes. Now, were they skinheads or what? Because the this, this song is called Subculture for Life, so I assume they're... No, uh... no, actually. No? Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. And you I mean, know what? In, in a lot of the subculture world over there, there's not too many skins, which is pretty funny. Like, the Oi guys are a little more, like, put together. Like, as far as, like, um, I guess not put together is not the right term, but, like, more just, like, normal dudes. Mm. Okay. Well, let's listen to the Cunninghams, then. You've talked them up. Let's listen to them. Cunninghams with Subculture for Life. train <laughs> who is that? Is that, is that is that you tom or is that you Rev, no. with the train that's me i actually so i actually live it's it's so seattle that our place has the place are you a hobo do you live on a train <laughs> and i live on a train 
No, I mean, we're in the flight path. We're right next to the shipyard, and ah. that's the train yard that you hear that are all in my front yard. Wow, you're like, uh, you have so many options for transportation from the early 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I can all... hop a train to Chicago right now and come see you guys. There you go. That's the next so, album. Well, <laughs> what I was going to say is, I think I, I think I went through all my questions. I'm sure I'll remember some after, like, I, we let them go, but I think I'm... I think I went through pretty much everything. I was going to say, I, you know, we didn't. We talked somewhat about the new album, but um, I don't know. What do you? What do you? Uh, you got anything on your mind, Rev? That you'd like to? That we didn't think of? That you would like to have people know? Um, Tough question. You're on the. You're on the clock. Yeah, and no, I appreciate it. I would like people to know that Billy Bragg is absolutely. Oh, worth oh sorry. Just, just, yeah, <laughs> out of time. Out of time. Exactly. <laughs> you know, at least he's not. Talking up Bono or something, right, Neil? Uh, yes, I think I've got Bono and Billy Bragg on about the same level. To be fair, yeah, I think Bono's. I don't think Billy Bragg has Bono money. I know, I know you like to call Billy Bragg a champagne socialist, which he is, but he doesn't have Bono money. I mean, Bono can, you know. Yeah, I don't know if Bono has Bono money. To tell you the truth, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. No, we're good. Hey, we're going on tour in October on the West Coast, and we're going back to Europe in November. Okay, and so if especially we're fo- focusing on the UK. So watch for those announcements. Excellent. Okay, cool. If people want to, find- of course, you guys have you guys have all your social media. Do you you have a Facebook page. You have I don't know what else you have. You got all your, you got also all social stuff. We have everything. We even have the Tic Tacs, like those kids have. <laughs> if, if if people want to find oh, merch, it's like what are yeah. you talking? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. If people want to find you merch and stuff, where can they find that? Uh, Pirates Press Records is our exclusive store for all that. There you go. And if you follow Pirates Press on Facebook too or online, they're pretty good at making sure you know where their artists are at. And Drowns are pretty good at keeping you informed about where they are going to be at on their Facebook and whatnot. So, hell yeah! And people should just follow Pirates Press in general because they're like the greatest label putting out. Records. They, they really are. I mean, they really. It's, there's. I don't think there's a punk label right now more consistently good than they are. They, they actually don't... give a shit. Like they give a yeah. shit, you know, and that's it. Sounds like it should be an easy ask, right? But they give a shit, and that's so much more than I think most labels. Most labels are giving a shit for profit, and these guys are doing it because they love it. Yeah. Well, like I say, and, and you can tell on the quality of the artwork they do, on the quality of the vinyl, on the qual- you know, they, they just do, and then they send you like a boatload of flexies with every order. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a bonus or or a, or a bad point. <laughs> do you uh, hate? Totally off off top, but you do you, you guys ever play with forty five adapters? You know those dudes? Uh, so we, I think we've played with them once, maybe a festival. But yeah, we know those guys. Okay, I just I just met Gerard a couple weeks ago at a festival on the East Coast, and man, what a cool, what an awesome dude! I'm sure we'll he's a real talker too, so I'm sure he'll be joining us here at some point. So yeah, he's great, and they're such a good band. They really are. I mean, I'm I'm listen, I'm as white as they come as far as like dancing, but I I can sort of <laughs> dance to that. <laughs> Uh, you know? This I have to see. I'm not saying I've yeah. lost you on the TikTok or anything, but a uh, video where it didn't happen. Exactly, yeah, exactly right. Last time Neil saw me dance, I literally went down in the pit, and it took four stout men to pick me up. So <laughs> amazing. Anyway, all right. Listen, after we let you go, we're going to uh, you're going to tell us all the secrets about when you're coming to play for us. So we won't tell though. Yeah, we, we will never right. tell anybody. No matter tell. how much you torture us or shine lights in our eyes or stick. Bamboo under our fingernails. I appreciate it. Okay, yeah. that's that's a nice thought. <laughs> I don't know. But, Dude, thank you so much for joining us yeah, again, we man. Appreciate we appreciate it. Us, man. It was a good time. Yeah, uh, it's always a pleasure, fellas. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it again another year or two. We'll talk about your 
your new sound that's different from your previous two sounds. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, they could, they're going to do a whole, a whole folk punk thing on the, be, yeah, on the, ra- like, on the yeah, railroad. You you guys switched over to banjos and washboards so subtly that none of us really recognized it. Yeah, you know, I just hopped on that train yeah. after our interview, and it changed my whole world. Yeah, he traveled. He traveled Europe with nothing but a handkerchief with his things wrapped in a handkerchief on a stick. Neil, he's joined. Dex- he's joined Dexy's Midnight Runners. Exactly. Hell yeah. yeah. But yeah, thanks, thanks, man. It's fun, and I hope people will check out the new record. And and like I said, I, I it's a great rock and roll record. It's a departure, but people should check it out. Give yep. it a spin. For See sure. what they think. Hell yeah, for sure. Yep. Discuss it with us. Argue with us about it. Yep. <laughs> okay. <So. laughs> Keep a little mark in your heart, everybody, and uh, stay free. And we'll spell you later. Spell thanks you later. a lot, Rev. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. See you guys. See. You. Yeah. Good night. What a fucking rotter.